Hey everybody, this is Zach Nolan with the Coon Hunting University Podcast. Joining me as I sit down and discuss the past, present, and future of competition coon hunting with some of the top houndsmen in the country. Thank y'all for listening. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great affordable price if you're in the market for a new dog box reach out to gavin at 615-962-5266 hey everybody this is zach nolan and this is the coon hunting university podcast uh before we get started i would just like to thank everybody for tuning in I'd like to thank Tyler Duncan for allowing me the opportunity to uh, start interviewing some folks on here. And I'd like to thank Mason Bush for recommending me to Tyler. I think we're going to have a lot of fun on here with these podcasts. And my first guest tonight is a good friend of mine. He's a local guy here in Alabama. Pleasure hunting a lot together, hunting in hunts against one another. Uh, I've handled his dog for him some. This is uh, this is Connor Morris, folks. Uh Connor is, uh, how are you, 21? 21. Okay. Connor's 21. He's from Boaz, Alabama, which is just up the road from me. And he has uh, done quite a bit of winning with a dog, a little dog named Pack-A-Punch. How old is Punch now, Connor? He just turned six in May. Okay. So, uh, just getting right into it here. Uh, you and Punch, uh, y'all have... Y'all have had quite the long list of of wins and final fours and you know finishing in races and things like that. Uh, y'all was a youth world champion in 2019. You got in the final seven of the nationals. Uh, won the Alabama state hunt twice. Got in the finals at the $6,500 hunt at Junction. Uh, got second place in the breed hunt Walker Days Reserve National Youth Leader. Uh, and three years in a row got in the top 16 Alabama State race. So, and I, there's a lot more than that, but that's, you know, that's just some of the big stuff. Um, so that's pretty good for, for a guy your age and, uh, and somebody that was pretty much getting started out in competition hunting. Um, Cause you never hunted many hunts until you got punched, did you? No, I well, I mean, we had a black and tan when I first started. You know, my granddad had one, had a black and tan, and we went to a couple. I went to a few hunts with him, and you know, watching him, and I was kind of like, yeah, I want to start doing this. So when I got a little older, I was handling Bo was his name, and you know, we ended up selling him, bought Punch, and then when I bought Punch, that's really when it just all you know kicked off from there as far as all the competition hunting goes. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about when you got Punch. How old was he and kind of what was he doing when y'all got him? So, when we bought Punch, he was 10 months old when we got him. 
and my granddad actually bought him from i can't remember the guy's name a guy out of mississippi he met my granddad in coleman it was dwayne white wasn't it? no dwayne white raised him as a pup and you know got him started but i think it was anthony couch that he bought him from and uh he bought him whenever bought him from him whenever he's 10 months old because he would you know run some deer and stuff he didn't he didn't like that which i knew i could you know get that stopped but all the you know, I just want, liked his coon and ability, how, you know, how he was, but I knew I could get the deer running and, you know, I, I could handle that. So we got him, you know, like I said, when he was 10 months old, whenever I first got him, he was, you know, yeah, he'd, he'd run and tree a coon if he got after one, as long as it wasn't, you know, one that was just real, real tough, he would, he would tree him. And, uh, I mean, I just, took him from that and i'd hunt him every night little stuff i'd correct him on here and there you know wasn't too hard on him at first about running deer i let him let him do it for a while till i shot you know several coons out on him let him know you know what i was wanting and then once i got that through his head he you know i got on you know bumped him a few times for running some deer and got that through his head that i didn't like it and he pretty well just stopped it on his own and went from there yeah, but as, as far as his coon tree ability, he was he was pretty much a natural one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, as far as coon tree, and he's always been you know pretty natural. I ain't ever had to. He's never been one that's gone slick tree a lot. You know, he he's always pretty much every time he's gotten treed, you can bank on him having a coon. Now, I'm not saying he don't miss because all of them do, but <laughs> as far as you know, having to stay on him all the time about missing and all that, you don't. I've never had to, you know, get on to him for that. He's always been able to treat coons pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so right there when you first got him, uh, I guess the first hunts I remember seeing you at with him uh, was when they were having a state hunt at Scottsboro. And you went up there and hunted the open event. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, about how that all played out. Yeah, so they were, they were having the state hunt, and that was really – you know i had been to a couple right here around the house couple 30 dollar hunts i think that was a 50 dollar open hunt they were having that night and i was just like i said you know me and papa he was like hey they have that hunt you want to go i was like yeah let's go so we went well you know i was young and now i don't think i would hunt a 50 dollar hunt off but then i was like yeah i'm gonna do it so you know punch was i think he was a about a year year and a half old then and uh i'd been pleasure hunting pretty hard and we took him up there and the first round he treed treed two singles and i won so yeah so then i went back out i wanted to you know hunt it off so we went back out hunted off and he treed treed too late and i ended up you know winning that and that was really you know that set me that i was like all right i'm hooked now you know after that i was like yeah i'm i'm in so that's really what got me you know got me started and got that's kind of you know the local guys that are around here that we, that we hunt with a lot you know i've seen it all these hunts that i know that's what kind of got their attention it was like oh connor's got a pretty nice little dog you know and so yeah that's pretty much kind of what got it all all started yeah yeah and uh yeah i remember the first time i I drew him or hunted with him. I'm like, man, I love the way this pup moves. You know, he stayed to himself. He moved around good. Uh, and he would have him cones when, when he treated, like you said. Uh, and, yeah, he was just, he was a nice dog from a from a real young age. But, uh, so tell us about winning the youth world. I mean, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, you know, you're a world champion. You know, it's not, maybe not looked at the same as, 
as winning the real the real world hunt but you know coming up as a youth that's uh that's a pretty big deal because the youth was tough when you were coming through you had um, you had kids like Allie hopkins dalton tally eli leverett landon piro oh yeah uh uh the kid from georgia uh blake blake landers, blake landers. yeah i mean there was a lot of guys your age that were just really good handlers as youth and see that's i didn't never did come through the youth i was already uh you know out of the youth by the time i started hunting pkc uh so i didn't get to really uh really get in there and mix it up with some of them some of the guys my age like that and that that seemed like it would be a lot of fun uh but yeah just kind of tell us about the youth world and you know if there's any stories from cast up there that you might want if you can remember them but if not you know just kind of tell us about how it all played out and how you felt when it was all over with yeah i mean it was a great experience i mean i'll i'll never forget it that's for sure but uh i mean yeah i wasn't really used to like a lot of youth youth hunts because you know here they didn't never have enough youth hunting around us whenever i was going to the 30 dollar you know open hunts and stuff like that to ever have a youth cast i mean every once in a while you would have you know another youth in there that i would hunt against from time to time but most of the time you know i was having to hunt against the adults and stuff like that just because they didn't ever have enough people at you know the hunts mainly to have youth cast but you know going there and experiencing that i mean yeah it was it was great and i mean i when i got that first round through and i went back out and hunted late i was a nervous wreck i remember you know those are only hour hour cast and i struck in for a quarter the punch was treated about a mile i mean we went in there to no i was struck in for 50 punch was treated about a mile I, we went in there to him he had a coon uh the guy that had struck for 100 he had drew some minus he couldn't you know couldn't win and i remember right there at the end of the hunt the boy that struck for 75 had got treated through the country and we were all leash locked and i was like man you know uh i was a nervous wreck walking in there the whole time we get to the tree and i'm like golly i'm just sick i have that sick feeling you know i'm just so nervous we get in there you know shine the whole eight minutes couldn't you know didn't end up finding the coon and then i won that one i was like man this is a sign of relief and so then you know it just kept going from there the next round i think i treated two coons it was you know wasn't very stressful because i started out on top and just kind of stayed on top you know through that throughout the cast then we got in the finals and i was like wow this is crazy but i'll never who, for who was you in the, sorry to interrupt you but who was you in the finals with uh the finals it was me the devin corther's boy he was hunting high country uh bishop scallop he was hunting a dog named soldier I believe there was only a final three of us. And, uh, yeah, I remember, I'll never forget, whenever we went out in the final cast, the road that we parked on when we turned on this road was named Morris Road. And my granddad looks at me and he goes, he looks at he looks at me and goes son this might be meant to be and i was like i don't know we'll see so you know we cut we get the dogs out you know get get collared up cut loose i think i struck for 75 punch rolls in there about six or seven hundred comes treed go to him i've got a coon um high country he had 
he he struck for a hundred and he had ended Devin had ended up treeing him a time or two and he had you know kept rolling so that kind of you know I was like all right I'm I'm sitting in the driver's seat now I just got to keep it together you know and uh Bishop's dog ended up treeing in a in a pipe in the ground and then he ended up going back to that well in the meantime Punchy got treed first so we went scored him he had a coon we recut and I, he went across went across the road and got struck in another patch of woods there was some standing corn over there and he run that sucker i'm talking about like he was tied to it through that corn and he come back across the road in front of us a few hundred yards where we were standing at and uh he come treed there wasn't you know i think there was probably about 10 minutes left in the hunt or so eight or ten minutes so uh, put the stationary on me. I let the stationary, you know, of course, run down to the very end. I treat him because I knew, you know, by the time I treat stationary runs down, I treat him. We'll go in there. Hunt's going to be over by the time we get to him, you know? So I treat him. We go in there and he's up a huge den tree, which I mean, that's all I needed. I just didn't need a slick. I just needed either a den or another coon. So we go in there to him. He's up a huge den tree and got him off of that and you know that yeah i'll never forget that i felt like i was on top of the world and then when we got back to the truck before we left we me and my granddad and punch we went back up to the to the road sign and stood out in front of it and uh you know he was standing behind me and i was holding punch and we took a picture in front of that road sign that's cool that's cool uh so i'm i'm sure it it probably it felt really good probably to win that oh yeah of course uh did you feel like when you won that did that make you want to go more or did you feel like you know i've already accomplished this what what else more can i do or did that kind of drive you to pick on and and just get after it even more no when i won that you know i was like which i knew punch was a you know pretty decent dog you know from hunting around here a pretty good bit of winning yeah prior to that yeah i had done a pretty good bit of winning with him prior uh you know when i won that in which you know a lot of the a lot of the dogs that are in the youth youth world hunt turn around and hunt all week in the world hunt you know they get you know pretty good handlers that are used to hunt their dogs so you're you know you're hunting against top-notch dogs even in that and so you know that just kind of motivated me i was like well if i can win this heck let's just try next week to win the win the world hunt you know and but uh yeah i mean that that really when i won that i was like all right you know it it, it just really set it off to where i was like all right let's just see what else i can go for it kind of kind of gave you that confidence that yeah that i go off to a big hunt and, and yeah something like that yeah um uh, so Going into the final cast of that youth world hunt, was it more pressure? I know it's kind of hard to answer now because one of them, one of them, the outcome was really good. One of them, it wasn't. Going into the cast, was it more pressure on you in the finals of the youth world, or when you hunted the heads up cast against Jason Darty at the nationals? Which one came first? Uh, Which one? I won got? the. I won the youth the. I believe I won the youth world before. Okay. You won I hunted, world 19 and then that following That spring. following spring is the Nationals, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I was nervous, ner very nervous, you know, going into both. I always kind of, like, 
when I'm, you know, in the final, in the, in the big money, in the finals of a hunt, something like that, I get that nervous feeling, but it's like, once I cut the dogs loose, I mellow out. I'm just, you know, I'm there with the rest of the guys hunting, you know? So it, I don't really know, uh, Are you in the market for a new dog box and just don't know which one to get? That's why I encourage you to go check out GNR Cedar Dog Boxes, especially if you're wanting something different. GNR Cedar Dog Box was established in 2016 when two avid hunters wanted a dog box that was affordable and great looking at that. They provide a high quality, handmade, lightweight box to the customers. They take pride in the fact that their boxes are fully cedar, which will last a lifetime in all types of weather conditions. Cedar also ensures your hounds stay a little warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can find out more about GNR Cedar Dog Boxes on Facebook. G- find them at GNR Cedar Dog Boxes or give them a call at 615-962-5266. They're located in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee, USA. I mean, probably probably whenever going into the finals of the youth world hunt i would probably have to say just because you know you're in the you're in the finals of a world championship you know so that's i was probably a little more nervous there but yeah i mean i was i was nervous you know going in whenever i hunted against you know jason heads up and the against you know him and x at the nationals as well does it feel different does it feel better to go out there and win against the adults versus win a, a big youth hunt? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it it does. And I, like I said, you know, earlier in the podcast, I had never, like before, you know, really the youth world hunt is the only youth hunts that I had ever went to, you know. And I was like, well, I'm a youth. I might as well go, you know. I had never really hunted at any youth hunts because, like I said, you know, I, they don't, they didn't have any youth hunts around here. And if you went to any of the, you know, pro classics or anything like that, they don't have youth hunt. They don't have youth cast there. So I never, you know, never had been in any really youth hunt. So I'd always hunted against adults. So it wasn't a big drastic, you know, change or anything, but yeah, I mean, when I was young, I always thought it was cooler, you know, of course, yeah, I'm beating the adults than beating kids, you know, but, but I mean, it, either way, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so you were talking about it at the Youth World. Uh, you know, your papa being with you and everything, and I'm I'm sure that tickled him to death. Because uh, that's one thing. If y'all see Connor Morris at a coon hunt, you're gonna see Stanley with him, and he's gonna have that Garmin at the truck, <laughs> and he's gonna be watching every move Connor and that dog makes, and he's gonna be there to come get you when the hunt's over. Uh, but your papa's really. Uh, been there to support you and, and help you know help motivate you oh you yeah know, these hunts yeah. and because uh, he loves it and uh just kind of talk about how important he has been to to you and you and punch having all this success yeah i mean you know like i said if it wasn't for my granddad i wouldn't you know be sitting here talking to you today about this you know he he whenever he first got punched i mean i was still in high school i was working you know working in high school playing ball in high school 
and you know he got me into coon hunting and literally started taking me to these hunts and any hunt we wanted to go to i mean he was like if you want to go we'll go you know sometimes i couldn't go like in baseball season it was tough for me to be able to go to any hunts or anything like that because i was playing ball you know every weekend we were playing and i mean it was it was tough and uh but other than that i mean yeah he he was he's always with me every home even even till today i mean if we go to a hunt my granddad's gonna be there with me and he's he's you know whenever i was a kid and trying to work and you know play ball and all that i mean i'm very fortunate for him my grandmother both because they would just he would be you know if you want to go to this hunt let's go and he would you know load up take me pay for me to hunt these hunts you know and 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 still give me give me the winnings you know and he didn't have to do that and i'm very appreciative of that and i mean he he just he he's really really he really got me you know started into this and he's always always gonna be there for me if i called him today and said hey pawpaw i got a hunt let's go to this weekend you want to go yeah let's go you know he's gonna he's gonna be there and he saved me you know like he said he's gonna be he's gonna be at the truck he's gonna be watching his garmin and when the hunt he knows about if even if i don't have phone service he kind of knows about when the hunt's gonna be over and if he sees me walking out to a road he'll be around there shortly to pick me up you know and that's why you i've punches you know he's a get in there he moves really fast and he's he's gonna be deep most of the time now he'll trim you know close to you but when you're in thin coons he's gonna be by himself he'll get in there pretty deep and he's always there you know to cut him off at the road if he has to cut him off or when the hunt's over he can come around and pick me up you know if i'm a mile and a half two miles from the truck you know we're kind of cutting if i win a want to cast and we're going to be cutting it close to deadline i mean he's always there to pick you know pick me up on the road and yeah i mean if if it wasn't for he saved me of many many miles of walking that's for sure yeah and uh you know and that's that's one thing that i've noticed uh with these these young kids that run the hunts uh you know some of them and i, I mean i'm i'm not try and talk bad about anybody but a lot of these guys they'll bring their kids around the hunts but they're out there hunting too so they're not out there trying to figure out what their kids doing uh you know if they're calling the dog right way and they're not really as committed to their kid going to the hunts because they're hunting in them too Mm -hmm. they're you know they're worried about their dog whatever the kids that are really successful in this uh, has a parent or grandparent or whoever it may be that is committed to taking those kids to the hunts and uh, and you know making sure they've got all their stuff together and and uh, that's like Stanley he he babies punch on the road you know oh yeah yeah I mean he's he's gonna have him he's gonna have him in the room laid up and they're making sure he's getting so much sleep yeah sure he's eating at the perfect time uh you doctor knowing him whatever i mean he's and he'll be up up with him at five o'clock oh yeah yeah i mean it's you know it's a when we go to when we go to a hunt you know if i've hunted early and late and punches you know in the room and he's whining a little bit at I mean, say we don't get in the room till four or five o'clock in the morning. It could be seven, eight o'clock in the morning. We've been asleep for two or three, four hours, you know, punch wanting to, you know, when he hears punch, get up, he's up and it's Connor, get up and take that dog out, you know, and he, he's always, I mean, 
to this day, he, you know, always is going to over there, punch his pen every day, checking on him, you know, petting on him, all that stuff. And, you know, punches, like I said, we've had him since he's 10 months old, punches, you know, like a, like a kid to us in our family, you know, he's just, he's very special to, you know, me and my granddad. Oh yeah. And he's just, uh, he's just good with dogs from what I've seen. Uh, you know, because I've went rabbit hunting with him some too. Uh, I think he said he had had a lab. You know, had labs. Oh yeah, yeah. He used I mean, to. He's just he's just got sense with a dog. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and he just he knows kind of how to how to take care of them and how to how to get them to you know baby them a little bit where they'll have that edge. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's important. It really is. Oh. And I'll, you know, like you said, he used to, years ago, he used to bird hunt. And then, you know, now there's not any quail around here. So you can't, you know, there's no good places to bird hunt unless you go to a preserve. And then he coon hunted, you know, years ago, he coon hunted for several years. And then he got out of coon hunting, had some labs that he, you know, he used to love the dove shoot. He would, he had some, you know, some labs. And then he has beagles he's always had beagles still to this day he does and that's you know that's what he enjoys he he enjoys going to the hunts with me because you know it reminds him of whenever he was young he used to couldn't go to the competition hunts you know and he's he loves to watch me go and you know has loved taking me to the hunts for you know the past five or six years and watching me grow up you know coon hunting and being successful in it and and all of that and you know he he's yeah i mean he's just a very very good dog person not very many not very often do we have to take a dog to the vet i mean he's like i always tell him all the time you're like a vet at the house you know and he yeah he's he's very very high on taking care of a dog which i am too i believe you know you take care of a dog and treat them right that's how you're gonna get 110 percent out of a dog is to you know take care of them yeah but i've I've got a short list of people I'll call if I've got something health-wise wrong with a dog. And Stanley, he's one of the first people I'll call. You know, hey, when like when I raise the litter puppies, I'm like, hey, when do I give them shots? When do I start? You know, oh yeah. When do I start yeah. giving them feed, uh, stuff like that. And, you know, if I got a dog cut, hey, what can I put on it? Or yeah. What I need to do for this? And he he knows and it works. Yep. Most of the time. Uh. But. Yeah, he, and like you were saying, you know, he, he's put in so much time and, and invested so much with you. It feel it feels to him when you went to hunt, it's like he won it. Oh yeah. Because I mean, you know, I remember when I first started going, you know, without him, like me and some of my buddies from school would go, you know, when I was 16, 17 years old. And when I first started, you know, going without him and like I said, me and my buddies would go and or if I went by myself or something like that, I'm sure, you know, I I would wear his phone out all the time when Punch was a pup. You know, if he'd done something that I didn't like or that I thought, you know, I might need to correct him on, I'd call him, you know, hey, Paul, Paul, Punch has done this. What I need to do, you know, and he he always told me. So, you know, yeah, I, I hunted him nearly every night, you know, but as far as any questions about what I need to do, he, he's, he's been there behind me and he's, you know, taught me everything that I know about, you know, working with a dog, training a dog, how to take care of a dog. And he, he's just, he's a very good dog man for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you just talking about 
um, all the hunting you were doing during that time. And uh, what uh, what kind of gave you the drive to want to hunt that hard? Because you hunted you hunted as hard as as anybody that I know around here. Uh, and it was just, I mean, you you've been in the woods about every night. Oh yeah, at least five nights a week. Yep. And two or three of those would be all nighters. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, whenever whenever Punch was young, and even up till the last you know year or so, I mean, I it, whenever I was in I mean I was in high school, you know, playing ball. Now during baseball season. I still tried to go as much as possible. Now, so there would be some nights that I couldn't go because we'd have games and stuff like that. But outside of baseball season, I mean, I was literally in the woods at least five nights a week. And I, a lot of times I wouldn't get home till, you know, I had a curfew when I was 16, 17 years old for going, you know, going out with my buddies or whatever, you know. And but when I went coon hunting, I was coon hunting and now, yeah, they didn't like me being out till three or four o'clock in the morning too much, you know, on school nights, but you know, heck, whenever you go coon hunting, you don't know what you're going to get into. So, so there would be some nights, you know, I'd roll up at three o'clock in the morning or they'd be calling me at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, son, where are you at? You got to go to school tomorrow. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in a pickle. I'm trying to get him, you know, Um, I'll be leaving here soon. And I mean, yeah, it, it, I, I was hunting every night there for, you know, for three or four years. And that, that's what I, I was definitely putting the work in. And so, you know, when I, when I'm hunting, when I was hunting five to six, seven nights a week sometimes, and then you, you know, you could go to these hunts and win and compete and you felt like you had a good enough dog to where you could compete with anybody out there. You know, it was all that work was paying off whenever you, you know, you start winning you're like, you know, this, this feels good. And I mean, yeah, I, I would drive every night. I mean, even, you know, during school in the winter times, there's not really, not really any places right here around my house, anywhere close that I have, you know, that's fit to hunt much. I could, you know, I could hunt him around these small places when he was first going, but once he got, you know, a little older and was, you know, shooting in there, getting deep and you just had to be careful because there's so many houses and, you know, roads and stuff like that. And it it was just, it was just tough. So, I mean, I'd have to drive, you know, an hour, hour and a half nearly every night, you know, to go hunting, to be in some, some decent hunting. And that was just in decent terrain where there wasn't, you know, very many roads or house dogs or houses or anything like that, but still not very many coons, but I enjoyed, you know, going there because I was, didn't have to worry about anybody bothering me and didn't have to worry about, you know, punches, oh, punches going to get on a road or you have to be on your tiptoes. I could, you know, go cut him loose and you have, you know, several miles and acres that, you know, you could, he could go for, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was, it was fun. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they are proud to offer amazing financing options. From 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com, or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkey's Outdoors. Houndsman. Helping Houndsman. 
Yeah, it's, like you said, it's, it's getting tougher around here to find places you can go that are safe and places that you can recut. Uh, and if you got a dog that goes hunting big, it makes it even harder. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, so, uh, one thing that I wanted to kind of ask you about that was it you just loving the coon hunt so much that you was out there pleasure hunting? Or did you kind of look at it, look at pleasure hunting kind of as a necessary evil to give you the edge that you needed in the competition hunt? Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, I still love, you know, coon hunting to this day. I don't have as much time to do it now as I did then just because, you know, work and all that stuff. But I, uh, I mean, a little bit of both. I, I, I loved it with everything in me i mean i that's all i wanted to do every night like if i had base even after baseball practice i was, I was like i'm going coon hunting you know i couldn't wait to get home eat some supper real quick change my clothes low punch up and we were gone you know and and so but then also you know i felt like well i'm gonna have punch in top-notch shape he's gonna be you know it's not, I'm not going to get beat because he's out of shape or because he's sluggish. You know, I always knew if I'm hunting him this hard that he's going to be, you know, be in shape. So I felt like, you know, a little bit of both. Like I said, I, I, I just loved it and couldn't wait till it got dark to go coon hunting. And, you know, I always felt like, well, if I keep him, you know, in top notch shape and get him, get him, you know, keep him right all the time, then... I feel like I've got an advantage, you know, whenever I'd go to a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it definitely, it definitely shows cause you look at the guys out there, that's the sure enough hard going cone hunters and they're the ones that do a lot of winning. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, Dustin Wade, cone hunter. He coon hunts every Kevin, night. Kevin Cable, coon hunter. Yep. You know, the, those guys that get out there and pound it, yep. it, it shows, you know, it pays off. Uh, uh, so, yeah, Connor, um, I'm moving along here. What, uh, you know, we've already talked about the youth world hunt, but besides that, what was your favorite win with punch or, you know, your favorite hunt that you, that you made a run in or, or whatever? I mean, uh, I would probably, you know, winning the Alabama state championship back to back years. That was, that was very cool when I won it the first year. And then when I went back, when I went back the second year and ended up winning it, that was very cool. But, you know, also, also the, the nationals was a very, was very probably my second favorite you know as far as making making a run into that hunt into the top seven you know and that that was very cool because i mean i was still i think i was probably 19 at the time and you was just out here yeah i was you just won the youth world yeah the previous yeah so i mean i may have still been 18 i can't remember but i mean i was still young at that time and going there and i mean those are you know the guys at the nationals that's the best handlers the best dogs in the country i mean you're hunting the best against the best yeah, there to me that's the that's the toughest the toughest hunting pkc because that or the truck because you're out there competing against dogs that are proven winners oh yeah i mean you you know you've you've got to 
got to win to even get into those hunts you know so both of them are very very tough and you know making it as far as i did that was that was great and probably my probably my favorite cast in that hunt is uh i think it it was the the one right before i went to a heads up with uh with jason and so it was a quarterfinals and we had i think I can't remember exactly how much I was down by, but uh, it may have been like 150, 125, or 175, or something like that. But I, I, I always remember we didn't have very much long in the cast at all, maybe around 10 minutes or so. And I was hunting with Austin Sigmund. He was hunting Dolly. And it was just us two at the end because the other guys had done with Drew at the time and you know he we walked back across the road and he was like you want to cut loose and i was like yeah i want to cut loose you know so we cut loose well dolly you know she kind of goes straight down this little patch of woods we cut loose punch he kind of hit the hit the edge and shot across this shot across this field well i'll never forget you know he gets she gets struck out in front of us punch shoots left-handed he gets struck over there and i'm just thinking come on buddy get treed you know get treed well about a uh, it's probably about a minute and a half left to go on the hunt and i heard him roll up and i was like all right you know he's, he's gonna give me that chance he's gonna he's gonna you know give it to me so i let him retrieve probably 30 seconds treat him and you know going in there i'm just so nervous i'm like come on have a coon you know have a coon dolly ends up coming in there right after the hunt. i mean the hunt just had went out and she had you know come in there to him and we go in there and as soon as we're walking in you know look up and there there lay the coon so you know that was probably that that was probably my favorite cast you know during the week which you know doubling up was 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 awesome as well just to even double up at that hunt but you know keep to keep advancing was was great but you know then went you know with a heads up with jason and x the year that was the year he had won it and I don't know. Punch just he, he wasn't operating just just right in that hunt and X looked X looked great. I mean, can't take nothing nothing from him at all. He looked phenomenal. Treat three coons. I mean, just bam bam bam. And then, you know, he ended up going on and going on and winning it. So, hey, all I can say is at least I got beat by the guy that won it, you know. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one thing that's all, that always kind of helps the feelings helps, out a little bit. Yeah. But uh, X, he was always pretty tough up in that part of the country. Um, but yeah, so uh, so you've you've had a lot of fun with Punch, and uh, like you said, he always seems to be in position at the end of the cast. A lot of times, to, you know, he's gonna give you a chance. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, if if he's within hearing, you know you you'll be able to get him trade in and most of the time he's going to have that coon he needs to win uh that's what i was going to tell this story the luckiest break i've ever caught in a coon hunt i was hunting punch it was i believe it was the illinois pro hunt uh yeah and i had drawn barry kitty hunting trip and uh oh, i can't remember who else it was Jimmy Burden was on the cast, but I'm not sure if he was guiding or judging. I don't think he was hunting, though. But anyway, punch his tree at the end of the hunt, and I got to have his coon to win. Uh, and he's treeing in the ground, 
is what it looked like at first, but I got in there and it was like an old barn that had pushed down, been pushed down or fell over. And it had been there so long that it had like a tree growing through it and the root ball was growing through all that trash from that barn. And uh, it had holes all in it and everything. Well, Punch was up here at the top where there was just a piece of tin laying on the ground barking at it while I handled him. And we started to shine time and I'm down here at the down the hill where all the holes were and the kind of the root ball that tree and all that tin and wood stuff going together. And I'm shining in there, shining in there, I don't see anything. And I'm I'm gonna go back up here where he was barking at and see if there was even a hole. And uh I look and there was just a little bitty gap where that tin was laying on the ground where it was a hole. And it was, there wasn't much shine time left at all. This was like a last, last chance, you know, <laughs> winging a prayer. I go over here and I lift up that piece of tin and there lays the coon. <laughs> and I thought, Mike, I said, I got him right here. Jimmy Bird said, what do you, you, you got what? A coon? <laughs> I said, yeah, right here he is. And I lifted that piece of tin up, and they come over there, and they they like to fell out, and that was that was the luckiest break I've ever caught a punch in a coon hunt. Uh, another funny story uh, in my travels with punch was when I rode with you and Papa to the truck hunt, <laughs> and Papa's toilet overflowed. Oh god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell that. One. Yeah, so we. <laughs> We get soon as like we had been you know driving for several hours to get there and I think it's probably you know four or five hours from us and we get there finally and Papa's got to use you know use the restroom so we we go straight to the room put our bags up you know getting ready to go hunting out that night gonna get ready soon as we get in the room he goes in there use the bathroom flush the toilet and it overflows in the floor like i mean water just kept pouring into the floor so we had to go up to the front you know front desk tell him hey you know we flushed this toilet this running all out in the floor so then we had to get another room and yeah i mean that was just that was hysterical i'll never i'll never forget that yeah but he he come up to my room or something and said no let me in here <laughs> he, he hadn't even used the toilet yet he just flushed it before he even got on it, <laughs> and then it started. Up <laughs> yeah. No, I need in your room. I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was funny. That was, <laughs> I got so tickled at that, but that was a lot of fun going down there. Uh, but so we've kind of went over all this other stuff, but we hadn't talked a whole lot about Punch. Uh, Punch is a dog that, like, like we were talking about earlier, Connor's had since he was like 10 months old uh he's out of the one of the power packing easy crosses and uh and me personally uh he's the best dog out of that cross to me uh, but i've hunted with him more than i have any of the other ones uh but he's just uh he's just a hard going countryer um he's gonna be by himself um and he moves around good He's just he's just a really nice dog, but yeah, just t- tell tell everybody kind of about Punch and uh, you know what you, what you like about him and and everything. Yeah, I mean Punch is a Punch is a very special dog, you know. To me, that's really that's or it is, you know, that's my first coon dog. As far well, I mean, I had a 
a female you know pup before we had gotten punch and she you know fell out of a tree and got killed and at the time i mean i was devastated i was like man i don't even want to coon hunt anymore you know i told my granddad i was like i don't even want to hunt if i'm gonna get a dog you know and this is gonna happen and he was like son he said you never know he said you know when you cut these dogs loose he said you never know if you're ever gonna see them again he said anything can happen to them and i was like you know you're right so uh we ended up getting punch he was like i'll find you another dog and we ended up getting he found him and uh a guy had called him actually big john robertson had called him and told him said look stanley i know where a nice young dog is if you're looking still looking for one he said where at and he told him we didn't even try him or anything you know we just bought him and we got lucky he turned out to be you know what he is now but yeah i mean since day one he's always been he's when you cut him loose he ain't looking back i mean he's he's shooting in there he's gonna get through there you know quick fast and hard and he's not by no means is he silent on the ground or is he tied on the ground he's just he's not gonna bark out of place you know he's not you won't hear him now when you first you're in a hunt or something and you first unsnap him he might let out a few barks you know just excited but other than that when he opens up you know he struck after a coon you know so yeah i mean he gets in there and whenever he gets struck it won't be long and he's gonna be you know loaded up and he'll be treed somewhere and you know i've just been very fortunate to have a dog like that you know as as my first dog and i know it's gonna be tough you know one day whenever he's older you know passes away or something like that it's gonna be tough you know for me to find another one that because i'll you know i'll be wanting to compare them to him and it's gonna be tough you know to find one like that and so i mean yeah he's he's always been you know very special to me and i've always liked the way he operates he operates really well for me he operates well for you i mean you know you've hunted him several times whenever i couldn't go or you know playing ball or something like that and i mean he, he just he's gonna be the he's gonna be the top when you cut him loose he's gonna be in there by himself somewhere and when he gets treed i mean he he's he's most of the time gonna have a coon a lot more times than not he will you know every once in a while every dog will miss you know every once in a while but most of the time when he gets treed he's got a coon and he'll always keep you in the game in a competition hunt he's always gonna keep you in the game he moves around hard enough he has enough grit he he don't have a lot of downtime he's not gonna stand on his head you know he's not gonna get in there and grub on a track for an hour he's gonna get in there and if he can't you know if he strikes a track and he knows he can't finish that track or put an end to it he's not gonna sit in there and grub on it back and forth for an hour he'll drop it and go find one that he can tree you know and that that's one thing i've always liked about him he's uh you know now he's got a little age on him he's able to run some of them rougher tracks and and oh yeah but yep uh when he was younger it's like he always had you know he always had the the sense in picking his tracks out you know he wasn't he wasn't going to fool with anything that he couldn't handle and you no. see a lot of dogs that that will get out there and they'll bite off one and chew with the track oh yeah and, yeah you know they've wasted all that time in a hunt yeah um, i mean i've seen a lot of dogs like you said you know take them to a hunt and if they don't stand on their head that night and they have coon treeing on their mind they're tough to beat but then other times you draw them and they run all night, you know, and he ain't ever, he ain't ever been like that. He's always been, you know, now since he's gotten a little age on him, he's gotten to where he'll, you know, he'll work up them, 
them colder tracks and you know tree them and stuff but whenever he was younger i mean he, he he would try his hardest for sure for you know and he wouldn't just give up on it easy by no means but he would he would try his hardest to put an end to it but if he couldn't he wasn't just gonna stay in there all night and get you beat by running all night you know he was gonna go on and he would he would be treated somewhere before long yeah uh but you were talking about um you're talking about kind of how hard he would be to replace. Um, so does that make it difficult? If you got a young dog there that you're trying to hunt, it's tough when you've got a good one sitting there at home to take that take that stupid young dog out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, Punch is the only dog I've got now. And, I mean, but throughout, you know, last few years, I've – bought a few dogs and you know hunted hunted a few and bought a few pups and hunted a few pups and stuff like that but it's just so hard like you know if even if i bought a dog that was already going you know that wasn't a pup that was already supposed to be you know like i'd bought a couple that were already trained you know and, and i take them hunting and i'm literally thinking in the back of my head i'm like why am I taking this whenever I've got one that's three times better sitting in the pen at home? You know, it, it's, it was just so tough. And finally, I, you know, I just told my granddad, I was like, look, I said, you know, and I had messed with some pups and stuff like that. You know, I'd got a few, few going that I had, you know, that we ended up selling stuff, but it just, it, it was just to me and it, it was, it was just so hard for me to take a dog out there that I don't know and I understand like when you're starting pups, you ain't going to tree a coon every time you go, you know, whenever they do, you got to be happy, but you're not going to tree a coon every time you go. But I was always in the back of my head, man, what am I doing? You know, I've got one at home that I know is going to tree a coon whenever I take them. So yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been tough, you know, hunting, hunt, it was tough whenever I was hunting any other dogs and leaving him at home because I'd, you know, go to get the other dog out of the pen and he's sitting over there barking, you know, wanting to go so bad he can't stand it. And I'm leaving him at home. And then that night I'll be so mad, you know, because the dog didn't do good or because, you know, I hadn't treated any coons. And then I'm like, man, I should have just grabbed punch out of the pen. But I mean, it is what it is yeah but they'll when you when you've got a dog that you really like uh anything you get after them you know they'll come and go from what i've seen because uh, tony windsor up here the horton club he uh he told me years ago when i was hunting chief uh he said you won't never have another good one until you quit either quit hunting him or he dies and i said oh, i don't know what he's talking about i said i I said I can get me another pup and train train it the same as I did this one. Oh yeah. But I he was right. I never uh, credit come along. You know, about about the time that I, Chief was kind of starting to fall off, so it wasn't it wasn't as tough for me then. But uh, but the dogs that I had when Chief was in his three, four, five years old when he was in his prime. Yeah. You know, they didn't stay very long because it was hard. You know, you can't leave that dog at home. No, no. Yeah, it's hard. Hunting a puppy out, especially in the hunting that we've got, 
hunting a puppy's stupid yeah i mean it, it's tough you know it, it's very very tough you've got to be very dedicated in love to you know train puppies to to even think about wanting to get one started in this country you know in this part of the country where we where we live because there's not very many coons the terrain is so rough you know everywhere that you can hunt is pretty much you know all your public land is hunted very hard because there's not very many places to hunt and so and so, you know, it, the coons here are a lot harder to treat, you know, a lot harder to treat. And it, it's just, it's very, there's not as much. And you got to have a dog in this country that'll hunt, you know, half a mile or further to even strike a coon. So when you have a puppy and you can't get them struck and you've got to walk them, you know, half a mile or a mile and you don't even get them struck on a coon, you know, it's kind of, kind of devastating you're like man you know I've, I've done all this and they ain't even got them on, got them on a coon so i mean yeah it, it's very 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 tough and you gotta be you know you gotta very you gotta love messing with pups and enjoy that a lot to you know do it here where we are yeah yeah and there there's a reason them them started pups sell for sell for such good money because people got to put in the work oh yeah um but what about some of the uh some of the pups I punch y'all y'all haven't bred him a whole lot but you bred him to a few females and uh there's there's been some that's starting to show up and do a little do a little bit of winning and yeah country yeah um probably the first litter that we bred to Dwayne White actually had a female straight out of bark and he wanted to breed to punch and that's the first female we ever bred him to so we did I think he's about I think he was about he was about three years old then and we ended up, uh, we, we bred him to her and I ended up getting one of the pups out of it, which is the Sam dog that Austin Gentry and, you know, Jake Robinson have. And I had him for a while and, uh, we got him, you know, started, got him treeing a few coons and we ended up selling him to, you know, John Robertson. Well, then they bought him from him. And he, he's a pretty nice dog. He's, you know, he's kind of like Punch. He's going to be a lower end strike dog, but he moves very good. And when he gets treated, he's got coons, you know. And and then, you know, some of the some of the ones now that are, you know, the, the pearl female of Brandon Kings that we bred in Kentucky, she had, I think, 11. And she ended up dying like two days later. But he ended up, or she had 12. He ended up raising 11 of them. And we got one. I had one out of that cross, and I love that little dog. And I had ended up, I sent him to Kenny Overby, and he had two of them. No, one of them. He had a, a, a littermate sister to the one that I had. And he called my granddad one night, and he was very upset. And, you know, he was like, man, Stanley, he said, this pup's done fell out of a tree, and it killed him. And that's the second one I've had. You know, it's fell out of a tree and killed him. He wasn't but probably eight or nine months old, treeing, you know, three and four coons a night, which, he, you know, he lives in Missouri. They've got, you know, a lot of coons, good hunt and stuff like that. But still, at that age, you know, that was very, very good. And I actually, I was going to go pick him up on our way back from the nationals which was just a few months away we were going to come back through and pick him up you know and bring him home and he had ended up getting you know getting killed falling out of a tree and it killed him canine university is brought to you by superior light company use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com if you're in the market for a new light do not overlook superior they make the best light in the business the Hellcat Max Flat Dark Earth Edition is awesome. 
Comes standard with the new and improved high-intensity green laser. Comes standard with the newest design and dual walking light modules, offering the brightest walking lights currently available on the market, bar none. And it comes with your choice of red or true amber or double red color module technology. The Hellcat Max new module design reduces weight without sacrificing burn time or brightness, resulting in an overall weight of just 20 to 24 ounces, depending on your cap selection. The Hellcat Max offers the newest battery technology, which allows for five hours of continuous main beam burn time on the highest setting and over 10 hours of highest auxiliary light settings. All controls can be found on one easy nine positions click switch. And all superior lights come with a two-year warranty are made right here in the USA. So check out superior lights. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. Thank you to Mr. Jamie, Mr. Sam at Superior Lights for supporting Coonan University Podcast and making this podcast possible. So I ask all the listeners, if you could, please go over there and support Superior Lights. Use the exclusive discount code that is only available to Coonan University Podcast listeners, CHU Podcast. Superior, step up to the max. Now, back to the show. And, uh... Now, the full littermate sister to him that Kenny had at the time, uh, Doug Hebner, has her now. And her name is Molly. And uh, he, I mean, I, I think he likes her. I don't know. I know he's taken her to a few hunts. He's I've seen him win a few pro classics with her, you know, get her in, stuff like that. She's a pretty nice dog. I've hunted with her a time or two. I went up there and hunted with Ken a time or two and hunted with her. Nice dog, moves around good, treats coons. When she gets treats, she's got a coon, got a good mouth uh i mean yeah and then there's some uh there's there's some more out of that cross that uh brandon king jordan charlton them have some of them and i think actually uh one of them has he doubled up at the super stakes this year one of the pups that was out of punch he doubled up at the super stakes this year as you know it was that same same cross and then we bred him to uh bred him to justin etheridge's female which was that Hannah female, and she's at a, a I can't remember exactly what she's out of, maybe Hellbilly or something like that. I believe so. And those pups now, I think they're probably eight nine months old. There's a guy that I know that lives here pretty close. He's got one, and it's doing pretty good. It started, you know, treeing some coon. He trees coons with it pretty on a regular basis now. Now I don't know, you know, about the other ones as far as what they're doing. But, yeah, I mean, so far from, you know, what we've bred him to, he shows that he's going to reproduce all the pups that I've ever hunted with it, hunted with out of him. They've been naturally independent, and they're coon treers. I mean, th- that's just – that's how they are. So, he's – you know, the pups that, that are on the ground out of him that have had a chance, that's been hunted, you know, that people have that hunt now, I mean, they, they like them. And the ones that I've hunted with that are out of him that have been hunted and, you know – gave him a chance and stuff they're they're nice they're real nice dogs so and then we we did breed him to checkers we bred him to checkers that you know mike and lane have and those pups are those pups are doing doing well uh i don't know i don't really know exactly who has those now but yeah i mean they're doing they're doing real well i know i think cecil simmons has one of them and 
he's had several people try to buy it from him and he said you know this dog's not for sale he, he will not sell it there's been several people try to buy that dog from him and he won't sell it so he he likes that pup a lot but yeah i mean as far as you know what little we've bred him we haven't you know posted him for stud or anything like that and because i'm still hunting him you know so we're, we're not we're not into the stud you know stud business now we'll breed him don't get me wrong but as far as you know all that goes but yeah i mean like i said what little what little he's been bred and what pups are on the ground that's been you know hunted they've they've seemed to turn out to be you know nice pups and y'all got some semen put up on, on him too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, we've got some uh, got some put up on him just in case, you know. Later on down the road, I was to get a female that I really liked and something happened to him or he got killed or he's already passed away, you know, by that time, then I've always got, you know, some of that that I could, if I had a female that I really liked that I could breed to him or, you know, or whatever. Well, that's good. Uh, so, I mean, that pretty much kind of wraps up most everything I wanted to cover with you but uh i'm gonna kind of do this with every guest i have on here uh this is gonna be kind of the question i ask all of them so what is when it comes to coon hunting what is your why what drives you You know for some guys it's they just love the dogs and just love the sport of it some guys like going out and winning the money some guys like just going out and competing in the hunts uh don't really care about the money uh, so what what drives you in this? What makes you want to get out here and do this and uh, and go compete in these hunts and, and and everything like that? Well, I mean, I I you know I love coon hunting. I love my dog. I love to watch my dog work. I you know I like to watch hunt dogs work. Whether it's a coon dog, my brother has a lab. I like to watch him you know watch him retrieve. I like to watch you know my papa's beagles run run. I, I've always been into you know sport dogs. I I think that's very very neat watching them you know do that. And you know I, I like I said I love punch and me and him have a you know super great bond together. And I'm also a very competitive person. I, I've played sports you know my whole life growing up and I'm, i've always been very competitive cannot stand to lose you know it's not so much yeah don't get me wrong when i win i love love the money don't get me wrong but it's not so much for the money it's just i'm i'm competitive and i like to go and win you know i can't i can't stand to lose and i do it for a hobby you know i don't i don't do this for a job and i do it for a hobby i enjoy whenever i go if i lose i'm not i'm not you know not happy about it by no means because i'm so competitive but you know also i know that i'm doing this for fun you know and so it's not as bad but yeah i mean that's that's pretty much you know why why i do this and and i just love to compete and you know love love watching you know dogs work and even if i'm not in a hunt or you know i'll even like at the world hunter some whenever i doubled up or you know nationals whenever i doubled up super stakes you know the rest of the week i didn't want to sit in the hotel room i would go out you know and judge because hey i'm getting to watch other dogs work you know i know what my dog's gonna do i hunt with my dog every night but sometimes you know i like to watch other dogs and kind of see how what their dogs do and watch their dogs work and what kind of mouth they have how they you know how they do different things and i, I that's just always you know what's what's kept me in it yeah um uh, 
But like you were talking about, um, it kind of, you know, you played played ball all, you know, from the time you were a little kid all the way up through high school. And coon hunting kind of took the place or kind of helped fill that void that it left when you wasn't playing ball no more, right? Like you still, it, it gave you something to still go out and do. And compete. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, playing ball, super competitive. Could not stand to lose, you know. And I played baseball from the time I was – five years old until I graduated high school, you know, and then I played basketball for several years. I played football for several years. I mean, I was just, I've always been a very competitive person and I don't like to lose in anything that I do, whether I'm, you know, coon hunting, playing sports, whatever it is, I I don't like to lose. And it's like when I graduated high school, I was like, man, I don't have anything to compete in anymore, you know, but that coon hunting has always been there even whenever i was in high school you know i was competing coon hunting and so that competition has always been there and i just i've i've always loved competition and a challenge and and yeah i mean it's just that's pretty pretty great right and uh you know it's it's one thing to think about um you know you kind of i guess as parents you're kind of in a kind of a catch-22 because you want your kid to play ball because most likely they're they've only got so long to play but at the same time you you may want to get them to invest enough time in coon hunting to where they'll enjoy it that way they will have something they can do pretty much for the rest of their life uh so i mean it it, I could see where it would be tough finding that balance sometimes, but uh, I'm sure you're glad that even though you were so busy, that you still took the time to invest in a coon hunting because, like, like I said, it it gave you something that you can you can do pretty much from here on out if you wanted to. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, whenever I was in high school on Saturday nights, buddies would be like, "Hey, let's go," you know, "Let's go out, let's go here, let's go there." I'm like, "No, dude, I'm going." If you want to go coon, yeah, I mean, it kept me out of a lot of trouble. And you know, I'd be on Saturday nights, I'd be like, no, I'm going coon hunting. You know, Friday and Saturday nights both, I'd be coon hunting till daylight. You know, I'd see the, I'd see the sunrise, you know, on Saturday mornings, and then I'd sleep all day on Saturday, and I'd get up and I'd eat some supper, and I'd get ready, and I'd be right back at it again, you know, until Sunday morning, and then I'd do you know the same thing. But yeah, I mean, I. Uh, that it did keep me out of a lot of trouble in high school because I didn't care about you know going to the parties whatever and I, I was wanting to wanting to coon hunt and so you know which I had a buddy Brody he's you know like a brother to me heck me and him coon hunted in high school we coon hunted every night together you know and I hunted with with you some but you know you were working it's hard for you to you know go during the week having to get home back for work you know and you have you had a far drive to work and stuff like that but yeah, I mean, you know, me and Brody, heck, we would we would load up every night, and during school we'd talk about it. Hey, let's go coon up tonight. All right, you know, come by and pick me up, and we would we would take off. Yeah, yeah, that that right there, uh, that's got that's got to be fun. Just going out there with your buddies, and you know, not really having to worry about anything. You just out there enjoying coon hunting. I feel like it's uh, you know, everybody kind of gets at that stage where they're ate up with it like mm-hmm. you're talking about just just that's all i can think about uh but a lot of people they kind of burn out of that phase but and it's it's hard to ever get back in it once you kind of let yourself slip out of 
eat, sleep, and breathe in coon hunting. Yep. Uh, and that's yeah. guys are able to to hunt like that for a long time. Just you know, it just amazes me. But anyway, Connor, uh, I feel like we've we've covered a lot of good stuff here, and I really have enjoyed having you on here. I appreciate you being my first guest. Yeah, I appreciate uh, it, man. But uh, I'm glad we got to tell everybody a little bit about you and about Punch and. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get a lot of folks listening to this, and maybe they can pick up something from this, and you know, maybe you'll be signing some autographs at the next hunt you go to. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, that'll wrap it up here for us, folks. Uh, this has been Zach Nolan and Connor Morris on the Hunt University podcast. proud to have Conkey's Outdoors the sponsor of CHU Podcast. Conkey's is your complete hunting and hound supply store. They carry brands like Garmin, Daltra, Dan's, and even Summit Tree Stands and much, much more. Whether you're in the market for a new thermal or a new hunting rifle, Conkey's has it all. They even offer financing options. Being a family-run business with customer service that is second to none, it's no wonder why Conkey's is the best in the business. So go check them out at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook at Conkey's Outdoors. I really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as I did. If you like what you heard here, go on over to Facebook, give us a like, at Coon Hunting U. Also, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. It really helps us out. And remember, if you need a new hunting light, do not overlook Superior. They make an awesome light, best customer service in the business. Man, their walking light and double red is the brightest I've ever seen. Use coupon code CHUPODCAST at checkout at nighthunters.com. You can find the link in the description box below this. Coon Hunting University is a product of Audio Hound Productions. Until next time, y'all have a wonderful day.